This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. Okay, let's calibrate some things. We are already in the second trading month of the year, and yes, there has been a there has been a lot of volatility, I, and that, that's going to continue. But that's one reason why you listen to this program, right? Isn't it? You want strategies to help deal with volatility. So, as you work to achieve your goal of financial freedom, I'm going to help you with that. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you will call me in this hour through the. You know, Vest Talk is a live podcast, a live radio show, and then we podcast it afterwards, cut out all the commercials. You know, and it's presented by KPP Financial, and I, I promise you, I can help you become a better investor. One way Justin and I are able to do that is by implementing a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. We are different from other investment advisors because we are dedicated to unbiased guidance and. We buy the exact same thing as our clients. Same time, same percentage, our portfolios are exactly like our clients. So, when we invest, when we recommend an investment or a strategy or whatever, we participate in it. And it's really, you know, that's the truth. We have, and since I mentioned on the radio, I have to do it because the SEC will come and audit me and make sure I do do it. So, that's how it works. So, we all do this together. We'll grow our investments together. We'll succeed together. And if we fail, we're going to fail together. And believe me, I don't like that at all. So our, we, will, uh, we have programs that go from very stable to very risky, depending on what you want. So I am here and ready to answer any of your questions. This is a live radio show. We'll, that, we'll talk about anything financial or anytime listener line is open right now. I'm taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART is the number. And it's a, and I will, be, uh, on, in the, I will be in San Jose again on Thursday, February 27th, February 27th, Thursday. And this is your opportunity to get my no cost, uh, no obligation, personalized portfolio review, consultation. It's all, it's all about helping you achieve that financial freedom goal. It really is. I'm running out of slots, time slots, so if you want to meet with me, you better get on it. I can sit down with you and show you how to optimize optimize your portfolio. And, you know, I always do it with the, with you in mind. I'll have to talk to you a little bit and trigger, figure out where you are in your life, you know, where you are along the path of uh, saving and investing and working. You know, if you have children, how old they are, do you have to take care of your parents? There's all those things you have to think about. And I, and I get to know you, and then we take a look at your portfolio. So remember, February 27th, San Jose, California. My main talking point today concerns the opinion set forth in a story about from a value investor, a value investor. This person offers a view of market dynamics and potential dislocations. What he's talking about is sector rotation, really. The big question for investors is whether the bullish momentum can continue. Because sectors change. You saw that last year, by the way. 
We'll talk about it and we get to his talking point. And of course, I got some other things I want to talk about. Things that I picked out today. I thought, man, I think, well, maybe we should talk about that. One of them is, are we heading to the end of a super cycle for stocks and the economy? Are we getting to the end of a super cycle? And what do I mean by that? Why do I think that it's possible? Well, I got four things why it makes me a little bit nervous. Second talking point, cracks in the economy. Do we see any cracks in the economy? Is there any? I mean, this certainly looks pretty decent. Looks like it's gaining momentum. Is there any cracks? I got three cracks I want to talk about. Now, when I say cracks, I don't mean the economy's ready to roll over into recession. That's not going to happen this year. But, you know, you always want to watch for those things that might produce you know, uh, economic downturn. And that's what I do. I keep my I keep my ears to the ground, my nose to the ground, and my ears to whatever they're saying, and I read constantly. That's my I'm not trust me, I like reading constantly. So it's not like it's a torture or anything. I like it. So but doing that means I, I get to stay in tune to what's going on. And my third talking point that I want to want to talk about is Jeff Bezos. Did you know he sold two billion dollars of Amazon stock? Two billion with a B. Two billion. He sold two billion dollars of his own Amazon stock. So I'll talk about that. The market was up pretty decent today for the third time. Dow was up 483 points. The Nasdaq was up only 41 points. Well, I say only. When I compare it with the Dow and the S&P, it seems small. The S&P was up 37 points. Still a very nice day. Third big day up in a row. Let's go to talk to Sid in North Carolina. How are you doing, Sid? Hey, Steve. I'm doing good. How are you? It's a long-time listener. I'm good. Thank and you. enjoying your show daily with me and my wife. I have a question Thank for Cognizant Technology Solutions. Uh, sure. I'm uh, already having a position, and today the result declared, which is beating the good last quarter and the previous year. I'd just like to know, is it still a good point to hold the position? Should I buy more? Uh, just like to hear you out. Thank you so much for your response. Okay, sure. Cognizant technology. And thank you for listening. I do do appreciate it. This is out of Teaneck, New Jersey. Provides custom IT consulting, technology, and outsourcing services for companies. Uh, its earnings mm. are going to be $4.11 this year and $4.47 next year. So that's about a 9% increase. Sales are increasing 4 to 5% per quarter. Uh, and yes, I think it's re- reasonably priced still. It's a $64 stock, going to make $4.47. So that that tells me that it's not a bad P.E. ratio. It's on the lower end of its range. But other things look pretty good. Return equity is 22%, very little, very little debt. Uh, and it pays a small dividend, 1.2%. And looking at a chart, it looks like it broke above the, you know, its moving averages and it was up a nice 2.43% today. I think you got to let it run. I think it's at least going to go back into the low 70s. It's hit 64.97. So, uh, Sid, I, I would hold on to it. I, I think it's at the beginning of a, a run. Um, I need. I think you need to hold on to this stock right now. Okay. <laughs> You might want to reconsider it when it gets to the low 70s, whether you want to take profits or not. But I'd wait till that time. 
Thanks for the call, Sid. I appreciate it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we present this program with five new shows each weekday, Monday through Friday. And it is broadcast and streamed live in the 4 o'clock Pacific time hour on our website. I hope you'll tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk. Justin Klein and I do our very best to make it interesting and instructive. And we hope that you find it so. Now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. It's been another busy investor workday, and you have questions. The conversation now is all about dealing with market volatility while building your financial freedom. Steve Peasley is here, and he's waiting for your call. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? I'm good, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for the show. I really appreciate it. You and Justin, uh, really good education. Thank you. Um, thank my, you. My, my question is uh, the stock called G-I-L-D. I think it's called Gilead or Gilead Science. I think it's a biotechnology, Yeah, it's, called, it's pronounced Gilead Sciences. Gilead Sciences oh, okay. develops. Okay, I know it does weird spelling. Uh, develops therapeutics to treat viral, fungal, respiratory, and cardiovascular diseases. Uh, it may it's going to make seven dollars and five cents this year. After making six dollars sixty three sixty three cents last year, next year the estimates were lower. Believe it or not, six dollars and seventy six cents. Uh, sales growth is about one, two, three percent. Not anything huge. It's a big company, $83 billion. It's a very big company. Uh, they have a, 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 a good chunk of debt, and that holds it back, and that's, that's probably why it's a $65 stock and going to make $7 this year and $6.70. That's only, what, 10 PE, or, or and that's not very high. Well, that's because the growth is not very high. It pays a 3.8% dividend, and it's been stuck in a range for almost a year. And that range is like the low 60s to the high 60s. And right now it's at 65.87. So that's where it's stuck. The company is a good solid company, great return on equity of 38%, which is very high. Um, but the problem they have is they have a little bit too much debt and they're, you know, when you're looking at drug companies, uh, Chris, you wanna look at their pipeline of new drugs. And Gilead Sciences pipeline is a little thin, meaning they don't have a lot. And that's one of the reasons why it's not a $100 stock. Sales growth is slow and they have a thin pipeline. So I'm not too excited about Gilead at this point. I'm, I'm really not. It's a good company, but I just don't know if it's got the horses to go much higher. Chris, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We got more encouraging economic news today. The service sector, the ISM service sector, came in at 55.5. Now, remember, the manufacturing sector came in at 50.9 when it was 47 the month before. 50, anything above 50 donuts expansion of the economy, anything below 50 contraction. So we have the service sector has always been above 50, never dropped below. And now we have the manufacturing popping up above. 
Those are good signs. By the way, for the service sector, that's the 20th straight month of expansion, above 50. 20th straight month. And it's the highest number since August of last year. So that's a good thing, good numbers. So what is it telling us? Well, it's trying to try. It's drawing a picture of a decently healthy economy. Now, what could upset it? What could cause a problem? Remember, we just finished putting to bed the phase one trade deal with China. What's the problem now? Of course, coronavirus in China. <laughs> Remember, and remember, I, I want you to remember the term black swan. That's a black swan event. There's no way can you prepare for that event as an investor. It's out of left field. They call it a black swan event. And every so often, something happens and like this. And so we don't know how bad it's going to hurt China. We don't know how bad that will hurt all of Asia, you know, because of it. Because we don't know the extent of the problem yet. Anyways, but from here, here in the U.S., we're looking better. We're looking pretty good. Okay. Now, as Amazon's value soars, it becomes a trillion-dollar company. The destruction of brick-and-mortar retail operations continues. Did you hear about Macy's? Macy's is closing 125 more stores. This is in addition to all the others that were closing. At underperforming malls. Also including this Bloomberg Bloomingdale's trade-branded stores. The company will be expanding its Macy's backstage stores using a discount shopping model. This means lower profit margins. Not necessarily good news. Macy's will eliminate 2,000 corporate employees. Amazon continues to cause a lot of ripples in the brick-and-mortar area. Now, the Macy's stories is pretty much, you know, in, in uh, it, it just tells the whole retail sector just to, in decline. Okay? That's just the way it is. Just And you as an investor just has to, you have to deal with it. On the next Investock, there is a report that claims a coronar- the coronavirus outbreak is making it difficult for Chinese investors to buy U.S. real estate. Transactions are already declining. That story is tomorrow, by the way. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and it's official. Steve Peasley has reserved Thursday, February 27th, for his next visit to San Jose. This is your opportunity to get a no-cost, no-obligation, and personalized portfolio review consultation. It's all about helping you achieve financial freedom. San Jose, February 27th. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Hey, Steve, this is Joe from New York. Looking to open a brokerage account, is there any advantage to a TD Ameritrade account or that like, as opposed to Chase brokerage account? Are there any benefits to either one or disadvantages at that? Bye. Well, I like TD. Uh, they recently, you know, last year announced um, they were being purchased by uh, Schwab. So now they're going to be Schwab. But TD, I like the technology. It's up to date, you know, first class technology. No trading costs like Schwab. So you can buy and sell anything you want without any trading costs anytime you want. Um, 
I would say this. I, I think their their um, their software, their interface with clients is is very good. I'm not sure about Chase. I don't know if there's that much difference. Okay, I, I really don't. Chase is big, but so is TD and Schwab. I mean, they're FDIC Ballum or FDIC insured or SIPC insured, so that your money is pretty, you know, it's is insured against anybody from stealing it. Um, but I, I will say this: I use TD. It's one of the is is the main custodian I use for my clients. So I'm kind of probably prejudiced a little bit. Okay, but good question. Good, uh, it's good that you're checking into that because you got to do your due diligence. I'm all for it. My main talking point today concerns opinions uh, in an article by, by, by a value investor. And, you know, he's talking about, oops, wrong computer glitch. Um, he's talking about the, um, the stock market dynamics and what changes. You know, the equities it was, were strong in 2019. Everybody knows that. The United Kingdom market has lagged equities globally. And and they trade at a discount on a number of measures of stocks in the United Kingdom. Within Europe, there there are opportunities. France and Germany have certain stocks, but he's talking about shifting market leadership. 2019, we saw the first part of the year growth stocks continued to work. Remember, in 2018, they they worked well. The Fang stocks, right? But about the mid year. Investors shifted to value and dividend-paying stocks. They shifted their perspectives. That is not uncommon. You know, markets do, you know, rotate. Sectors rotate, come into come into favor. And you heard me talking about utilities last year, uh, gold, you know, certain times. Last year, there was, you know, it's starting to work in the middle of the year. That was when it was starting to shift. Now, where are we? It's going to shift into something else? I I think uh, I think utilities still have a ways to go, even though they've done very well. I still think you want to be in dividend plays, and you know, with the coronavirus, it's I think it's produced some opportunities. I see a lot of opportunities in the oil sector at this point. You know, I I just see them. You know, they just seem to be awful and expensive, and the Brexit I think is going to be good for the UK and the United Kingdom's equity market. So, I think I think Europe you're going to see a, a move up in value stocks, and if I was uh, thinking about going to Europe, that's what I'd be looking at. There's still uncertainties in Asia with that coronavirus, and I'm not so sure about certain emerging markets there at this point. Japan might be worth watching. That's possible. So those are the things I'm looking at. That's what this value investor mentions too. So. That's what you need to look at. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. Um, we have a voicemail. You know our number is always open. You can call anytime you want. Here's the voicemail that came in earlier. Hello, guys. Hello, Steve, Justin. Uh, this is Noel from Bay Area. Go 49ers. I know Steve, your nephew plays there. We are all very proud of them. And I have a question about ARLP. What do you think? It's all the way down, pays high dividends. Seems like uh, they're here to stay for a little while, maybe hopefully for longer. What do you guys think about this stock? Is it uh, okay to buy it? Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Okay, let's take a look at it. Alliance Resource Partners Limited Partnership. It's a master limited partner engaged in the production and marketing of coal to utilities and industrial users in the United States. And of course, you know, that's been, coal has been on everybody's, you know, bad list. No one likes it. It's dirty and it's not environmentally safe, even though President Trump has been supporting the coal industry. But this company has sales are going down. Earnings are going down. They made three dollars and seven cents in 2019. They're only going to make 96 cents next this year, and then only 61 cents next year. So they have a very high dividend yield. But if they're only going to make 61 cents on the nine dollars and 62 cents stock, that dividend is going to be much. I think I don't know if they can keep up. They can't keep up with that dividend. So I I, I don't fall in love with the dividend. I'd look elsewhere. I think. Because the growth is it's shrinking. It's shrinking sales and, and, and earnings. Okay? After soaring to new heights in recent days, Tesla's share prices plunged today. I think you saw that. The auto sector is extremely competitive. Ford, for example, has reported a dramatic plunge in its operating income. Now, as we go to break, here's my market trivia question. In total, how many cars has Tesla produced? And how many cars has Ford produced? And finally, when did Ford first begin building trucks? I'll have the answer after the break, but now we are taking your market and financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. As you know, Apple is all-time high again. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. Jason El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Michael in Fremont looking at Occidental Petroleum. And here's an interesting number. Downloads for the Invest Talk podcast now average 450,000 each month. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of InvestTalk downloads has now exceeded 20 million. InvestTalk.com This is InvestTalk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, here's the answer of our trivia question. The question was, in total, how many cars has Tesla produced and how many cars has Ford produced? And finally, when did Ford first begin building trucks? So here's the answer. Tesla was founded in 2003. They went public in 2010. By 2018, Tesla had produced 300,000 vehicles. Now contrast that with Ford which was founded in 1903 and went public in 1956. In 2012, Ford announced that it had built 350 million cars. This means that from 1903 to 2012, eight years ago, Ford had manufactured 350 million cars. 
Even though a period of decline sales, the company has probably produced about 30 million vehicles worldwide up until now, from that time. 30 million. Okay, remember, that's the same time that uh, time frame that uh, Tesla built 300,000. 30 million to 300,000. So they built 1,266 times as many cars as Tesla. Let's put it that way. The 350 million car was a Ford Focus, by the way. Ford first reached 1 million cars back in 1915 with the Model T. Ford's 50 millionth car was in 1959. It was a Galaxy. The Ford F-150 truck is the company's Sales star today, as a matter of fact, all the companies are selling trucks like hotcakes, but Ford has produced trucks since 1908. Their very first Ford truck was a Model TT. I wonder how much that would be worth if you find one of those. Very first Ford trucks. Wouldn't that be interesting? Okay, let's keep going. Here's another caller question from 888-99-CHART. How best to balance work requirements and your desire to learn find more finance? We'll see what they have. Hey, this is Bryce calling from North Carolina. Appreciate what you guys do. I've been listening for a couple of weeks now, just on the way to class every morning. And I have a question. How would you advise someone to find balance between learning how to invest and investing and all of the other daily routine like for instance, going to work every day or going to class every morning and missing most of the investing day when the market's open. So I'm just curious what you guys' take is on all of that. Thank you for the answer. Appreciate you guys. Bye. Okay, you don't have to follow the stock market as closely as we do. You don't. Um, it would serve you better just to know what the economy's doing, you know, and where it's going and what, what's important in the economy. And then the stocks that you are interested in, those particular stocks, what their strengths and weaknesses are. But you don't have to know everything about everything. I, I wouldn't suggest for most normal people, uh, not more than an hour a day, um, probably you could spend a couple, three hours on the weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday each, uh, doing you know research. But you have to like it. I'm, I'm going to say this: you have to want to do it. You have to like enjoy doing it. You know, like as your downtime. I mean, I, I I do it after I go home. I continue to do it, read, and you know find out what's happening, and you know. Just what I like to do. I mean, I'll read the newspaper, magazines, my on my uh, on my my pod, my iPod, uh, to find out what you know. I want what's interesting, it's, and it's interesting, fascinating to me. So it's you know, if you can't spend a lot of time doing it, when I say a lot, at least an hour a day, it's okay. But maybe you should be an investor in indexes and stuff instead of trying to you know, really analyze each individual stock that you might want to buy. So it depends how much time you want to put into it. it really does. And if you how much you enjoy it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So are we heading into the end of a super cycle for stocks? Now, see, this is the kind of thing that I would read because I'm interested. You know, I'm, I'm reading these articles about this. And why would I even suggest that it's possible? Well, one of the reasons is commercial construction is slowly falling off. So 
we're not building as many buildings and things that we used to. The yield curve, that's the two and the 10-year treasury, is flattening. It's not widening or shrinking, it's flattening. Is that the end of a cycle? Maybe not. Banks plan on tightening their standards. At the same time, demand is falling, not increasing. Hmm, why are they doing that? Remember, banks putting money in the system, right? That's the that's the makes the system grow. It's like the oil to grease the economic engine. Money into the system. And that's why the Fed, when it lowers rates, is pushing money into the system. It's trying to get the system to grow faster. Okay, so if banks are tightening their standards, that means they want to put less money in the system, or that will be the natural consequences. And demand is falling. It's not falling off. I'm not saying that. It's just slowly going down. Vehicle sales are have already peaked. Look at, look. why do you think Ford and all these other car companies are going down? Not Tesla, but, you know, other car companies, Ford, GM, take a look at their charts. Take a look at what's happening. You'll see that they've come off dramatically. These are little signs of cracks. In, you know, and it might indicate that the super cycle we've been in, which has been in since 2009, uh, is starting to slow. We can see that in the GDP numbers too. So we'll, I'll talk a little bit more about cracks in the actual economy, but that's what I see happening. Now, don't misinterpret this saying, oh, Steve's saying the market's going to crash because the economy's tanking. No, I'm just saying the, you know, even though we're still a pretty decent clip economy, there are things that are developing that tell me eventually, and it could take a year or two, maybe three, that we you know the economy is probably going to slow. If you think about it, it's already slowed, right? It slowed from the year before last to last year. I'll give you some stats later on to, to, to tell you. Okay, let's keep going. Here comes another caller question, 888-99-CHART. Uh, I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, in case you didn't remember. You're listening to Talk, and you're in good company. You know, as I mentioned before, we have about 20 million downloads so far, and I'm really kind of proud of that. Um, and we want to keep that going. So um, please go to our, our website, investtalk.com, and Download our, our our podcast and have to help 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 you tell people about it if you would. You can also go to our website and take the Riskalyze questionnaire that will that would rate your risk tolerance from zero to a hundred uh, on your personal risk tolerance. How much risk are you comfortable with taking? And there's a few questions there, and that's all it's focusing on. And then that's sent to me. I get it comes directly to my desk. And then I respond to you and tell you a little bit about the risk that you're taking. And then I ask for a portfolio if you want me to put, you know, t- take a look at that and gauge that as far as how much risk it's taking and see if it matches up what, you, what your personal risk tolerance is. So, so go to KPP Financial and com and take the risk questionnaire. And, of course, you can always call our KPP Financial offices in Irvine, California, and we will help you. We want to help you. For now, our phone number lines are open and the number is 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and it's official. Steve Peasley has reserved Thursday, February 27th 
for his next visit to San Jose. This is your opportunity to get a no-cost, no-obligation, and personalized portfolio review consultation. It's all about helping you achieve financial freedom. Steve Peasley can sit down with you in person and show you just how to optimize your portfolio. So get your name on his wait list early for your choice of best times. San Jose, February 27th. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Hey, this is Bryce. Yeah, good morning. This is Sayed from Chicago. I was wondering uh, what you thought about DuPont, DD, D as a dog. It looks like five years low, trading between $60. Do you think it's uh, worth buying now or do you think it'll go down more? And it pays dividend for 1.20. I was looking into this stock, so I decided to call to you guys, find out what you think about it. Thank you. Okay, it's DuPont, the Namoras Inc. Manufactures plastic, chemical, agricultural products for the global food, transportation, and other markets. It's a $40 billion company, so very large. They make, uh, they're going to make, estimated to make $3.85 this year. That's 8% more than last. And then next year, $4.30. That'll be 12% more than last. Now they're doing that with having sales go down for eight quarters in a row. Sales have fallen eight quarters in a row. The dividend I see is 2.2%. It's a $15 stock. Uh, I'm sorry, the PE ratio is 15 and the price is $54. Now, the S&P 500 long-term average for the PE is 15. Right now, it's about 17, 18. So, it's a, the, the overall market is a little pricey. This is be- below the overall market. But it's not cheap um, I wouldn't say it's cheap. In five-year range, the P ratio is five to twenty-two, and it's right at you know fifteen. So that will go down. You know, at four, when they make four dollars and thirty cents, now you're looking at you know um, what thirteen, fourteen PE or so. So return on equity is very low at four percent. So that's not good. Cash flow is very good, six dollars and sixty-seven cents a share. That's good, but. I don't, you know what? This does nothing for me. I don't like the fact that their sales have been falling for eight quarters in a, year, a row. Why have they not done something about that? Now, it might be because the world economy is slowed and it's a, world, and it's a worldwide company, even though they're out of Wilmington, Delaware. Don't know. I, it just doesn't do anything for me. I, I don't particularly care for it. I'm sorry. DuPont. DD is the symbol. Okay, remember I, to follow up on that trivia question, I wanted to know, I wonder what the Ford truck model TT, the 1908 Ford truck model TT would sell for. Haven't found one on the internet, but I did find a 1915 Ford Model T, 1915 Model T, they advertised it for $30,000, $29,900. But see, that's a problem. I think the truck is going to be a lot harder to find. Model T, they made a lot of Model Ts. But they, I, you know, I think the truck would be harder to find. I really do. I wonder how much. Anybody know? I would love to know how much a Ford 1908 Ford Model TT truck would be worth. That'd be interesting. Don't you think? I think so. Okay. 
cracks in the economy. I talked about some of are we heading are we heading into the end of the super cycle? But but what about the cracks economy? One of the cracks I see is GDP is slowing. It's two point three percent last year. Uh, 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 2.5% the year before. Okay, not a lot, right? Not slowing very much, but it did slow. So, and if you didn't have the large spending on defense, that would be worse. And a defense, large increasing in defense budget won't happen this year. So, the market, the economy is going to be on its own. Business spending was 5.9% growth in 2018. Do you know what it was last year, 2019? One-tenth of 1% growth. That's not good. Now, maybe the Phase 1 China uh, trade agreement might help, but then I think, well, maybe the coral rise is going to offset all that help. So we're going to end up with zero for our economy I'm talking about. Okay. And third, manufacturing. 1.3% 1.3% growth in 2019 from the 1.3 slump in the two years before. So manufacturing might, you know, might have picked up a little bit in 2019. And and, then, and I just told you the ISM numbers look pretty good for manufacturing uh, for January. So maybe that part of the business might pick up. It's going to be an interesting year. It really is. And by the way, remember the phone call earlier? These are the kind of things I like to read about. And it would be very helpful if you're interested in stocks and the stock market to like to read about this kind of stuff too. It's fascinating. Now, I think my wife would find it exceedingly boring. Okay? So it's not for everybody. It's just not. And that's okay. You know, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be something that you love to do. Okay, let's go to, uh, how do you pronounce that name? Tejas? Yeah, okay. Tejas and San Mateo. How you doing, Tejas? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thanks for the call. Um, I just wanted to know about uh, the stock for Snapchat, uh, which goes by the name Snap. Um, just wanted your opinion. Okay. Should I buy? Should I sell? Um, just wanted to know your thoughts. Okay, this would be a very speculative stock for you. Snap. Chat Inc. provides a camera-related application to help people to express themselves and communicate. It's a $22 billion stock, but they don't make any money. They've never made any money. They have sales. Sales have been increasing pretty good, 40-50% in the last couple of quarters, and between 40 and 45% for the last two years, every quarter. Sales are great, so hopefully they'll someday produce money, but it's almost impossible to evaluate the stock. So you got to buy it based on a chart. I would like to buy it if you're going to base on a chart, a bounce off the 200-day moving average, which is around $15 a share. But this would not be for me because it doesn't make money. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, everybody, to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, there is a report that claims the coronavirus outbreak is making it difficult for Chinese investors to buy U.S. real estate. Transactions are already declining. 
That story tomorrow. But now Steve Feasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I'm a new listener, and thanks for doing such a great job. I was listening to the podcast yesterday, and I agree there's a market correction coming in the next few months. But if you have some cash that you want to put on hold for three to six months, where's the best place to put it, where it would be safe until you want to get back in the market after the correction? Thanks for your answer. Okay, that's a very good question. Uh, We've mentioned that before. I like the Ultra Short Bond Fund, Ultra Short Bond Fund ETFs. That means you can get out anytime you want. You buy into it and you get a little bit more yield for being in it. And you know, it's pretty darn safe. It's not the safe. It's not like a you know CD or anything, but it's liquid. You can get out. And I do have a, a short list of those ultra-short ultra bond funds. And if you want one, just send me an email and I'll attach my short list to it and send you back. And I'll warn you, the yields change all the time. So, you know, I did write down the yields of the few that I have, but they're out of date the very next day. So, But the ultra-short ultra bond fund is a good place to park money temporarily while you wait for that correction. Otherwise, you got to leave it in the money market which is, what, less than 1% or about 1% if you're lucky? Well, you can get twice that or more in an ultra-short bond fund. 2 3%, maybe maybe a little more. Anyways, that's what I would do. Good question, though. Thank you. And thanks for listening. I appreciate that. Okay, Jeff Bezos sold $2 billion worth of Amazon stock with a B. Billion, $2 billion, just just recently. This was, but this is what happens. The founders of these very successful companies, I mean, Bill Gates did it with Microsoft, and he's still doing it. Founders, they put themselves on a prearranged uh, plan to diversify away from their stock that they founded, the company that they founded. So he sold 905,456 905, shares Right after the earnings report. What a good timing that was, huh? Okay. And it was, uh, it's normal. It is very common. So when I look at people's portfolios and they like work for a big tech company or something and, and they have, you know, $500,000 worth of, you know, a, a tech company stock or whatever, and then 200000 in other stock, I immediately tell them to diversify. That's what the big boys try to do that all the time. It's smart money management. It's not not saying Jeff Bezos, by selling $2 billion worth, is not saying he doesn't have faith in his stock. That has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with smart money management. That's it. And you do the same thing. This is why I say... You shouldn't have more than three to five percent of any one stock. You want to be. You don't want more than 18 percent of any one sector. You want to diversify. The reason why you diversify is because sectors rotate. Some sectors do good, while others do poorly at certain times. But if you have a good spread, you'll always be kind of steady. That's the thinking. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. I need to share that. Jeff Bezos, and I wanted to make sure that you understood that he's not doing anything special. This is not anything special. This is normal. 
for founders of big companies to diversify. Remember, when you go IPO, which is initial public offering, when you take a company first public, which has nothing to do with Amazon because they've been out public for a while, but the founders of the company can't even sell their stock until at least six months after the IPO comes out. So they can't really realize profits yet. Uh, and that's one of the ways they realize profits because they uh, they grew their company, they put money in the company, they put uh, their heart and soul in the company you know, and reinvested all the money that they made and to grow that company. And so that this is the reward is an IPO and to sell some of the stock and you know realize some wealth. It's nice to have paper wealth, but if you, you can't spend paper wealth at a grocery store. So... In other words, don't feel sorry for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Two billion dollars. And that's just a, not even a big portion of his. It's not even, it's small. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin will be here tomorrow. I will return on Friday with brief excerpts from the uh, newest KPP Premium Newsletter. In the meantime, we invite you to access our free library of condensed podcasts at Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or investtalk.com. I want you all to have a great night. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.